0: To
1: Horror Pod. Hello, fabulous people, and welcome to Amanda's Horror Pod. Hope everyone's doing fantastic today. It is a pretty nice day out. It is starting to get cold, but we knew here in New England we had to deal with that at some point. Although I do understand why Stephen King in the winter lives in Florida. As I get older, I'm really starting to get that. The cold just gets a little much. First movie I want to talk about is called The Banishing. Before I tell you that, I want to tell you we're having a, a fantastic guest. Um, his name is Tyler um, Dupay, and he's just hes fantastic. And I'll tell you all about him, and then I'll play the interview. But first I want to talk about some movies, because last week we didn't really get to do that. We kind of just dove into Young Frankenstein, which was fun. But let's have some little... Let's have some creep talk. Okay, The Banishing. Now, I don't know how all of you feel about this movie. I saw it on Shudder. It came out in 2020. It's a British horror film. It was uh, directed by Stephen Smith. And it, uh, the main star was Jessica Brown uh, Findlay. And I really, I really enjoyed her acting in it. And I enjoyed the movie immensely. It has a certain kind of feel about it that, that I really go for. And I highly, highly recommend it. Um, yeah, please check that out. It was distributed by Vertigo Films, and it's really, it's really good. I don't know if it's just on Shutter. I'm sure it's on Amazon Prime since it's on Shutter. <clears throat> um, yeah, just check it out. It's called The Banishing, and it just came out in 2020. I think there's another movie called The Banishing that's older horror movie, so I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the one that came out in 2020, but I, I hope you'll like it. I personally just found it really intriguing because it also discusses the, the depth of the problem and the depth of the damage that organized religion, specifically Catholicism, has done in the past, and, and it, it's not it's not insulting it. It's showing you like how people have been tortured and just things have happened. That's not really even what the movie's about. It's just that it reminds you that sometimes, no matter what we believe or we don't believe, some organized religions have horrifying pasts. And this is, of course, not a true story. But it but the things that happen in it are things that did happen sometimes to people, especially women. So I want you to keep that in mind when you watch it. And that makes it even... A little more frightful in my personal opinion. Um, it premiered originally at um, Stegas Film Festival in London uh, and at Fright Fest Film Festival in October of 2020 before it was released digitally in the United Kingdom. And then I guess it came over here. I'm not really sure when exactly but it must have been pretty soon after. But oh just just fantastic movie. I, I, I cannot say enough I, I did speak to someone the other day who said that movie wasn't for me and I just thought okay that's fine but why and 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 w- and when he couldn't tell me why that's what would confused me he's like I don't know I'm just i I felt a- almost like it was shoving thoughts in my face <laughs> I don't know what that means but but it was it was kind of funny I think I know a little bit what he means which which if you watch it, you may know too. But please watch it. Um, something I'm really excited about is The Nun 2 is coming out. And I am so excited. Like, I don't even care about the Conjuring series. I'm so sorry for the people that are obsessed with it. But, like, I just love The Nun. The movie The Nun. Like, if you take out the beginning, like, with the con- like first two seconds of where they're showing the painting and from The Conjuring. I don't care about that. After that, with the whole story with the nun, I'm just completely fascinated. You know, I have... A lot of you know I have this fascination with, like, horror and organized religion being put in together. So the fact that Nun 2 is coming out, I am so excited. And I I know Bonnie Ahrens, I've read, is going to be in it again, and I am very excited about that because she's just fabulous. I feel like people do not pay enough attention to her. or, Or maybe they do. I don't know, but... I just think she's absolutely fantastic. I'm not sure how they're going to do the second one. I have no idea if it's going to be uh, an extension of the story. That's personally what I'm hoping, is that it's going to be an extension of the story. But we will see. It could just be... It could be sh- also showing the past, or. but I don't think it'll show a completely different story because that really wouldn't make sense. I think it will go probably to the past and show us the past, and that will be just lovely. The ambiance of um, the first one was great. There's a movie I saw a while on Netflix a while ago called The Pretty Thing That Lives in the House, and it is not a traditional traditional horror movie, but I really want to recommend it to you. It's called The Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. It's on Netflix, and I'm telling you, like, the ambiance of it, and there's one... There's one scene in particular where I thought my heart was going to stop, and it's very rare where I feel like that in movies, and and it was just, it was just so beautifully and creatively done, and you don't see a lot of movies done like that, so the pretty thing that lives in the house on Netflix, it's not for everyone, some people are going to say it's too slow moving, but you know, it's worth it, You, you know, it's, it's worth it, in my in my opinion, in my humble opinion. You sh- you should sit through it, if possible, in the dark with no one around, and I mean no one. Um, an older movie I wanted to recommend also is Anthropo. Anth- it's a little bit hard to pronounce. Anthropogus. It's um, it's an older movie. And it's, it's, an I think it's an Italian film that was filmed in Greece. I'm not positive. I have to check my homework on that. But um, there's just this one specific, don't get the edited version, okay? Because if you get the edited version, yeah, it's not the same. But if you get the real version, there's one scene in it. There's there's something that happens that I've never seen happen in a horror movie. And, it, and just, even though it was kind of like, like the other movies I mentioned so far, Right now, today, are not cheesy at all. They're very like in-depth stories. But this one, it has a, a little bit of cheesy bits. But there's some parts that are truly disturbing. And there's one part in particular, and I'm not going to give anything away because you know I don't do that. But it was near the end, and I, I thought I was going to throw up. I was very shocked, and I and I don't get shocked. So that's called Anthropophagus. I think it's been named different things through the years. But I, there's a, uh, on my uh, Instagram, um, May, M-A-E, there's a picture uh, with the name. And you can, you know, usually if I talk about something, I always post it up on my Instagram or on my, um, my blog on WordPress. But Instagram is my main thing. And I also have a Facebook page. You can always go check stuff out there. But always, like, always, if you want to know what movies I'm talking about, always definitely go to Instagram. Because I, I always post, like, pictures and who made what and who directed what and, you know. The other movies I just spoke about before, I'm going to have to do that now because I'm I'm behind a little bit. But yes, The Banishing, first one I talked about, please see it. If you enjoy that kind of ambiance, then you're really, gonna, I think you'll really enjoy the ambiance of um, The Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Which is a very, very different movie. They are nothing alike. There is no comparison whatsoever. It's just that there's certain types of ambiances that I think are only for certain people. And I like to feel creeped out more than I like to be actually terrified. Like, I like to be terrified, too. But I like to, like, watch something and feel like it's in my bones afterwards. Like, that was... Like, it's stuck inside me, and I can't tear it out. That's what I really love. I love that feeling of, I really want to forget this this feeling, but I can't. It's stuck in there. But, you know, I love all the others. I love slasher flicks and all that stuff. But that stuff doesn't make me feel the same way. as It doesn't have the certain ambiances, usually, that that I'm trying to, like, explain to you guys. But you'll know what I mean if you take a chance on these movies, and I really hope you do because they're so worth it. Um I'm going to be doing well I already did an an interview with um T- Tyler Dup- Dupre. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Terrible with names. He's a he was a he's such a nice man. Like that's the whole thing on here is I want nice people on here. Like I've had to like say no to some people because some people are very pushy and and look I just want nice people to come on, nice kind-hearted people who want to discuss horror or who work in the industry. You don't have to work in the industry, but if you do, that's fantastic. But regardless, I just want nice people and he was so genuinely nice. And I've had many genuinely nice guests. So I'm not saying anything about my past guests. I'm just saying that it it was it was, it was nice to meet someone who's done so much and was yet so humble. You know, it, it it's It's how I, as a person, how I was raised, that no matter what you do, and I'm not going to say it's a main thing, although, Mr. King, if you're out there, you may think this too, but uh, I think we're just raised that you, you you don't talk about everything you do. You just kind of just do it. Your actions are what's important. Your words are just words. No idea if that's the main thing. Ask Stephen King, maybe he'll know. I'm not sure you could ask one mainer in particular, but that's how I was raised, and that's how pretty much everyone here I know was raised. Is words are just words. Anyway, okay. So next, I'm going to take just a second to talk about the face of horror contest that I'm doing. Um, I'm really excited about this, guys, because I, I'm not the type that like does contests in general. I'm not the type that like that. Normally, I just assume I'm going to lose everything, so I'm just like, nah, you know, wh- why? But I, I did the Face of Horror contest, and today is currently um, Sunday, September 4th. And on the 6th, they will have voting opening, and I have the links everywhere for you to vote for me. If you want to vote for me, I humbly ask that you do. Um, you win... Um, like a small on-screen movie role, you, you win a um. You get to be in the Rue Morgue magazine with Kane Hooter, and I think you win eleven thousand dollars, and you stay at the Buffalo Bill House. And the funny thing is, out of all of it, I'm most excited about the Buffalo Bill House and uh, meeting Kane in person. That to me is like, I mean, of course I'm not. Yeah, I'd like I I would love eleven thousand dollars. Don't get me wrong, but. This is really important to me because I want to expand my podcast. I want to expand the whole brand. I want to make a diversified like loving connection with people. You know, I don't want just people who want attention. Because I mean, you guys know I've done this very slowly and some say awkwardly because I don't always like attention. I don't I don't do a video I've been asked to do a video podcast many times. I will I will probably not ne- Actually, I can say I will never do that. It's just not something I would feel comfortable with. But The Face of Horror, um, if you go to thefaceofhorror.org, the actual address, the whole address is uh, faceofhorror.org slash 2022 slash Amanda slash Pinkham. But if you're confused at all about how to vote for me, go on my Instagram Uh, and it's right on the, uh, there's a picture right now of me licking a knife with a link above it and the picture next to it with me looking creepy and a link underneath it. So just go there or, um, there's also a link on my WordPress, on my Facebook page, on my personal Facebook page, um, on the slasher app for horror fans, by the way, shout out to slasher friends. Like, don't forget me on this, because this is important to me. I really, really want this to happen. Like, I've never done anything like this. I've, I've never, I've, I've always been kind of a little bit of a shut-in. I mean, not completely, but especially in the last, like, 15 years I have been. And I've had all these, like, these worries. Like, I'm 43, why are they going to want a 43-year-old for this, for this contest? But that's stupid, that's a ridiculous thing. Like, why can't I? Why can't I I win something? You know, no. If I don't, I don't. At least I had fun, you know. At least I tried. But if you would vote for me, I would I would so appreciate it. Please do not break any rules. Do not sell votes. Do not do anything stupid that can uh, lead to less votes because there are very strict rules in place. Um, you can you can promote me. You can put the link on your pages and tell people to vote for me, and I would really appreciate that if you did. I would appreciate it so much. I would not forget any of you for doing it. So, please, I would love that. Um, I, I'm not sure how long the voting lasts, but I, I think it's a fair amount of time. Uh, I, and then, I don't know, they have, like, some weird things. They're Like, some things they're doing later on to, like, cut down the amount of people. So, I'm not sure how this is going to work. I'm just kind of going with the text that I get from them. So we'll see what happens. It's been fun so far. and I certainly didn't think like when I started this podcast, I never felt like I'd do something like this, but I'm so excited to be doing it. And I I really hope I win because I care and I care about the horror community. And, you know, I I, look, it's just it's hard to explain. I have spent a life with mental illness and trying to keep to myself, and this is something I feel like I could do, and I could I could do well. But We will see what happens. I am definitely not going to pander. That is not my way. So, please, if you want to vote for me, please do. Just go right on, you know, any of my stuff I mentioned, and just vote for me. And if you can't find the exact page, just go to faceahorror.org and, like, if you put my name in there, Amanda Pinkham, I'm sure it will show up. I actually don't know that for sure, but I also, I sent out, like, everyone I know out there pretty much my my link, so if if also you want to write to me because you need the link to start voting on the 6th, then let me know. I don't know if you can only vote once. I actually don't know the rule, rules on that. I'm going to read it, but I assume you can only vote once, but I I will find out and let you know for sure. But I don't want anyone breaking any rules, okay? This has to be all legit. Okay. Now I'm going to have a discussion with the amazing Tyler Dupay. He's a staff writer at Dread Central. He also works as the managing editor at Wicked Horror, which I think is fantastic. Um, His additional bylines that he's done are Fangoria Mag, yes... Room Morg Mag, yes. Scream, yes. Uh, the Horror Mag, FearNet, um, Fandango, ConTV, Ranger, Shock Till You Drop, Chiller TV. Remember Chiller TV? Oh, I sure do. Sci-Fi Wire and ComingSoon.net. Um, he's a wonderful person. He lives in uh, Portland, Oregon with his husband, and he is just a fantastically kind person. And this is my discussion with him. Enjoy.
0: Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Amanda. My name is Tyler Dupay and I am a staff writer at Dread Central and the managing editor at wickedhorror.com. I have... <laughs> Thank you for the warm reception. I've been uh, writing about movies, not just horror movies, but primarily horror movies for the last like 10 or 11 years. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, along the way allowed me to write for Fangoria Magazine, Roomwork Magazine, uh, Scream the Horror Magazine, Sci-Fi Wire, and uh, a, a few others. Uh, and yeah, so it's, it's just, you know, kind of living my dream at this point, getting to write about movies and TV and, uh, you know, do fun stuff like what we're doing right now. And uh, uh, every now and then I get to do some cool interviews or, um, you know, a set visit here and there. And so, yeah, that's in a nutshell kind of what I do.
1: Have you always been like a horror junkie since you were a kid?
0: Uh, you know, yeah, I have. I was uh, sort of slow to start in a way because I couldn't get my hands on a lot of genre content as a kid because my parents were very restrictive about what I watched. Like I didn't have a lot of privacy. And uh, so I'd really have to kind of get creative and find stuff that had... Genre elements or horror elements in it, or was kind of horror light, or you know, on the psychological thriller end of the spectrum. You know, and right. then as I got into high school and college, I, I really kind of uh uh experienced all that was out there. Uh, but, but but yeah, I had, a, I had a little bit of a slower ramp up to uh really uh sinking my teeth in. Like, you know, I, I was probably in high school or college before I saw a Nightmare on Elm Street movie uh but it was uh i was constantly looking for stuff that you know was kind of a gateway to the genre like that i could sort of uh you know sneak past the the wardens so to speak
1: right well it's not just you because i grew up jehovah's witness unfortunately no offense my best to anyone friends? out there
0: Two of my best I'm friends uh, growing up were Jehovah's Witnesses, so you, you don't have to you don't uh, have to contextualize uh, too much. I know, uh, okay. just,
1: yeah, yeah, I wasn't know. allowed to do or watch anything. So now you know, when this the second I was an adult, I was like horror movies, horror movies. Yeah, so I totally get that.
0: I, I totally understand. Uh, uh, two, like I said, two of my best friends growing up were Jehovah's Witnesses, and you know anything above a PG thirteen rating, they weren't allowed to watch. Like they were barely allowed to hang out with anyone that was, I mean, they weren't allowed to hang out with anyone that wasn't a Jehovah's witness, but you know, by some, yeah, stroke it was, of luck, it's awful. <laughs> by, by some struggle, their parents really, really liked me. So, you know, they were allowed to hang wow. out with me kind of like, uh, what do I want to say? Kind of like under the radar, like, you know, we couldn't hang out all the time. And like, if, if we hung out a couple days in a row, they'd be like, Oh, my parents said we have to hang out with witnesses for the rest of the week. Like it was very, it was very cult-like and
1: uh you oh know, I mean, yeah uh, thank you for saying this Begin. thank you for knowing about this because I've, I've been screaming this from the rooftops and people are like you're crazy it's just a religion nope
0: it's a little different than that I mean I, I don't want to say that it's a cult because I know you know I, I think that's a strong word but there are very cult-like uh tendencies to that religion and uh, you know, one of my good buddies uh, has, you know, one of the two brothers has, um, you know, left the re- religion behind. And uh, I just think, uh, I, I just think it's it's great to see because he's just able to, you know, live his authentic life and celebrate his birthday and celebrate Christmas and, right. uh, think, think, and think for himself. And, you know, those are things that he wasn't allowed to do when he was, you know, under the thumb of that religious group. So, so I hear you on that
1: yeah wow that really brought it into a whole nother level because I I I didn't know you knew about that (laughs) because I talk about that sometimes on here and I don't know if it annoys people or not but I mean I had a very late start with things like I did not like everyone would quote a movie or something and I didn't know what it was and I wasn't allowed, like you said I wasn't allowed to have friends who weren't witnesses it I wasn't allowed to do anything at all. So, and then my like with sexuality, you can't like be your authentic self. You have to hide that. Oh, so it,
0: my it's... friends, my my friend's cousin uh, is a gay man, and that was a was a huge uh, you know sticking point that that put him that that caused him to my friend's cousin to fall on some really dark times because you know he's like I'm a gay man. I don't have any support. My religion is, you know, turned its back on me. How do I, you know, I mean, so, I, mean I, I just, as a gay man myself, I really identify with that. And, uh, uh, you know, both in terms of, you know, sexual orientation and just, you know, sexuality in terms of right. sexuality. I, I think that uh, a lot of religions really kind of try to sculpt people into something that they're not. And that's so dangerous because, you know, uh, you can't change who you love, who you're attracted to. Of course um, not. And no one should be shamed for um, you know wanting to expect, express themselves in a sexual way if it's healthy and consensual. Um, you know so, so I'm glad that you uh, glad that you've carved out a different path for yourself. I think you know that that is just a really tough way to grow up and I think it's even tougher. To, to leave behind, you know, as someone that oh, yeah. was raised in a religious household, it was tough for me to break ties with that. But I think even more so for someone like you that was, um, you know, in a like I said, somewhat cult-like religion in terms of how strict... Uh, yeah, I
1: lost all my friends. Like, every friend I had no went away, you know, that I knew my whole life. So that was, yeah, that was stressful. I know we're off topic, but not really, because <laughs> this is kind of what we do on here. Sometimes we have, like, deep emotional chats, so Hey, that's whatever. okay. That's
0: okay. <laughs> I think, you know, movies and horror movies are uh, a great springboard to to jump into other things, because for people like us, you know, movies have kind of informed the, the the person or persons that we've become so uh I, I think that's yeah. one of the great things about it
1: yeah I totally agree I, I I think uh a lot of us queer people also we just really like that horror is different and we can be ourselves and we don't have to like worry about what other people are you know we just don't have to worry about it we can just be ourselves we're a community of misfits uh and that's why <laughs> yeah. I hate-
0: that's why I hate to see like clicks within the horror community because it's like, wait, we're all outsiders. Like, why are we, you know, doing this like Lord of the flies thing where we're like, right. you know, I'm up here and you're down here or, you know, we've got these kind of internal, uh, you know, struggles with, and I'm not saying that's like a, a common thing, but you do see it from time to time that, you know, people mm-hmm. sort of, uh, uh, you know, start kind of like the the cool crowd within uh, the genre. Oh, film yeah. And, yeah. And it's Like, wait a second. Like, we're we're all, you know, people that probably didn't feel like we really fit in. Why are we trying right. to, uh, you know, recreate that dynamic? Let's just all embrace one another and love movies together and right. you know, a- enjoy enjoy having the shit scared out of us. Like, that's what we should be coming together to do, <laughs> uh, you know. And, and so that's that's what I would love to see more of in the in the horror niche is, you know, people just coming together, uh, you know, in digging horror movies rather than, oh, you didn't like this movie. What's wrong with you? Or you like right. that movie, you're stupid. Like, hey, you know, there's enough room for all of us to have different uh, tastes and preferences and, uh, you know, to like what we like, you know, as long as you're not hurting anyone. Uh, Dread, have a good right. time.
1: Yeah. Dread Central, you, st- you still write for- at Dread Central, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm a staff writer at Dread.
1: And that must be pretty fun
0: yeah definitely it's a a neat opportunity and uh we've got a great team there so i'm genuinely i feel lucky to be a part of it and to to get work to work with other people that have kind of similar uh i don't know just similar ideas and uh get excited about the same stuff that i do and uh you know once a week we have a staff meeting and we're all uh you know on the call it's it's just a neat it's a neat vibe to be uh you know to be all together kind of sharing uh a passion and uh working towards I, I guess sort of a universal goal as a team of you know putting all rad right. content out there. So absolutely I, I am uh very much still a part of the team and very grateful to be.
1: And you used to work on Chiller TV, is that correct? Yeah I did actually um I was uh, obsessed with that channel back yeah. then. That was what what did you do there?
0: Oh, I just wrote for their website, chillertv.com. Uh, they had a, they had a uh feature that they ran every Friday called the Friday Thirteen, and yes. so it was a top thirteen list of like one time I did uh, God, I, I did a ton of different stuff for them, but um, I did you know just listicles on uh this or that within the horror genre. And, uh, you know, similar to the work like, that I do for Dread, but uh, it, it was a little bit longer. And, uh, yeah, so that was, that was a, one of my big gigs for a while. Like, I would do big batch lists for them, you know, 10, 15 uh, assignments at a time, like, you know, submitting 10 or 15 at a time. Um, you know, and then three, six months later, I'd go back for more. Uh, so that was a great, uh, a great opportunity. And it was a, it was a cool channel and, uh, just a cool brand. And I was bummed when they, well, for actually first, what happened is I worked for Fearnet, and then they folded into chiller. So then I moved over to chiller and they folded into sci-fi wire. And, uh, I haven't really had all that much luck getting pitches approved at sci-fi wire, but I have, I have had a few pieces run with them. Um, so, so yeah, it's, uh, it was a shame though to uh you know to have two different horror specific cable channels both of which have gone away um but you know at the very very least at least the sci-fi channel has um kind of upped their horror game a little bit so um you know at least we still have a still have a, a space that we can kind of see the type of programming we crave but it's it's a bummer that uh you know that there's not one place that just does that anymore, at least not to my knowledge.
1: Well, there, no, there isn't really because everything's streaming. But I mean, I, I have been, I do watch a lot of Shudder. I don't know if you know about Shudder, but it's an app, and they have a they horror they do horror movies and just horror movies and horror shows. Have you heard of them? Oh yes, yeah,
0: certainly. I am a fan of Shudder, and I guess you know that really is kind of the new chiller or fearnet. You're absolutely right. As we've kind of pivoted to streaming. Um,
1: which I, is I so just, strange if you're my age. I don't know I don't know how old you are, but I'm 43, so I'm, it's it's strange. <laughs> I'm for,
0: I'm 41, so I am Okay, um,
1: okay, okay. We both get it then. <laughs> yes.
0: So and, and that's why I didn't even necessarily think of it at first because it's like when I think of like a TV channel, I don't really think of a streaming service, but right. you you're absolutely right that Shutter was kind of the next uh you know, the next move like when or, around the time that Chiller ceased to exist. I think that's around the time that Shutter kind of came to prominence. So, um, you know, and, and it certainly filled a void. Um, I just, I guess, I missed the the idea of having an actual cable channel that you right. could put on at any time. Um, but, but yeah, I, I absolutely think Shutter is the next best thing.
1: Yeah, well, when Shutter first started, I wasn't that impressed, but now I I love it. Now there, there's so much cool content on there. But yeah, at first I was like, eh, you know, a lot <laughs> a, a lot of the apps when they're new and, but now they have uh, their they have their own channel even on there too. Like if you want to just watch their, ch- you can click on something just to watch a channel, to and they will just play random movies that they have. So it's kind of it's kind oh, of yeah, it's kinda cool, you know.
0: That's really cool. I didn't realize they had like a linear broadcast. That's that's yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I think someone just, you know, picks movies and puts them (laughs) on there from whatever they have on there, but it doesn't matter. It's still, if you feel like you want to watch TV in the background, you can. So I, I I don't know when that started. I think it was pretty recent, but I was really excited about that because sometimes I just need background screaming and murder. Oh, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. No, a little, a little uh, viscera. in there i understand the need
1: so what's i really need to know about fangoria because i'm a huge fan sure
0: sure what do you want to know
1: everything uh (laughs) how how did you get how did you start doing that Um, how did you get hired i i want to get hired (laughs) i really don't i can't write at all Uh, but I
0: i bet you can if you can podcast uh i suspect that you can write i think it's about just kind of honing your craft. And I think if, if you really want to do it, you can get there. Um, for, for me, Fangoria has always just been a freelance gig. Like, I've never been on staff there or right. uh, anything like that. But my first piece with Fangoria uh, was an interview with uh, Scream Queen from the 80s. Her name is Lori Lathine. She was in... Right. Uh, she was... Oh, oh, yeah, okay. So she was in the movie Bloody Birthday, Return to Horror High, The Prey. Uh, and she uh, has actually become a good friend in the years since. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, but uh, I reached out to her. I, I interviewed her for my blog, uh, like, you know, 11 years ago, maybe, and uh, I just had an idea that, you know, I watched the special features on the Bloody Birthday DVD, and I thought, God, this is such a fun movie. She seems like such a fun person. Like, she's just really engaging and has great stuff to say. And, you know, she's talking about how, uh, like, there was no child safety coordinator on set. You know, they've just got, like, you know, she's being chased down by a moving automobile. And they're like, try not to trip and fall, you know. Oh, boy. Don't get run over. And I was like, God, there's so much interesting content here to just mine for an interview. So I just kind of went out on a limb and reached out to her and said, hey, Lori, you know, I interviewed you for my blog. I also... Write for shocktillydrop.com and I think I think I was writing for Fearnet at the time. I said I am interested in trying to get into Fangoria magazine, and I'd love to you know do like a speculative interview with you and pitch it to them. And she said, sure, sounds like fun. And uh, you know, so we made some time and chatted, and uh, I wrote it up and I submitted it to Chris Alexander, who was the editor in chief at the time and uh he responded positively and said you know that's in, in so many words that's a fun piece i'd like to run it and uh you know it was just kind of a waiting game from there i think it took like six or eight months to get it into the magazine but uh when it finally did it was just a huge deal i mean it was like wow this is my first print piece yeah,
1: um feel really awesome you know
0: yeah in fact i have it framed up on the wall now oh, awesome with, with some of my other print pieces uh I did uh, a couple more interviews for them. I did one with Todd Freeman uh, for his movie Cell Count. It was He was going to do a sequel called Cell, Cell Count 2. So I did kind of a preview of that for him. And then the movie ended up never happening. Uh, and then I did a, an album review, I think, maybe for uh, a Dante Tomaselli album. It was either an interview or a review. And, oh, wow. Uh, I, think, I think it was an interview. And then I did... Uh, yeah, I did a couple of pieces for Rue Morgue following that. I interviewed Alfred soul the uh, director of Alice, Sweet Alice. And uh-huh. I interviewed um, William... Was it, who was it? God, I, oh, David Schmoller. I interviewed David oh, okay. Schmoller, the director of Puppet Master and Tourist Trap oh, lovely. Uh, for Rue Morgue. And uh, yeah, then I did a couple... I think I did an album review and an interview uh, for uh, Dante with Dante Tomaselli, uh, uh, who did uh, torture chamber, the movie and, um, uh, horror. Uh, he did a movie called horror and uh, Satan's playground. Uh, so I did an album review for a, a horror album that he did. And then I think I did an interview with him for scream, the horror magazine. So yeah, that, that I think essentially sums up my print career. I haven't done a ton, but I mean, maybe, I don't know, like around a dozen pieces all in, Uh, and yeah, would definitely love to do some more print work in the future when the opportunity presents itself.
1: That's really great. Thank you. So can you tell me your top three favorite horror movies and why? Sure.
0: I'll do my best. Uh, Okay. Okay. Let's see. So John Carpenter's Halloween, definitely. Oh yeah. Is, uh, is in the top three that, um, that, is uh you know kind of i mean of course there's peeping tom and psycho and you know black christmas especially i think oh, yeah. uh was about as close as we got to a slasher before halloween and john carpenter himself even i think said in so many words he just kind of basically ripped off black christmas uh but uh <laughs> <laughs> but halloween is really uh you know kind of the benchmark it, it it's what uh what all slashers that came after it will kind of be compared to it's the gold standard. Uh, You know, it's, it's Jamie, it's the beloved Jamie Lee Curtis. It's DJ souls. It's, you know, the, the movie that brought us Michael Myers and has been sequelized and remade and soft rebooted. And, you know, I mean, it's just such a, such an iconic film. So it'd be hard for me not to have that in there. Uh, I think uh, both Suspiria and Inferno all kind of like, count as one i know that's cheating a little bit but i'd be hard pressed almost to pick a favorite between the two because while suspiria is certainly the better movie i think that inferno is just absolutely visually stunning and gorgeous and appeals to me in so many ways because of the network of secret passageways and the incoherent narrative and just the the crazy like underground room that's filled with water that the the woman that we think is going to be the protagonist swims through before getting killed. Right. There's there's just so much about it that I love. And I think it's so underrated that um, I feel like I have to include that, you know, if I were gunned to my head to pick one, I'd say Suspiria because it's the, it's the superior effort. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I love them both so much. And for a third one, Oh God. Uh, let me think about it for a second. Um, I, oh God, I don't even know. There are so many that I love. There's so
1: many good ones. Um, That's the thing. Don't worry about it's, it. <laughs> it's uh, fine. There's just, so
0: I don't know. I might give you a different answer if you ask me tomorrow, but I, I would say that April Fool's Day is up there. It's definitely in my top 10. I don't know if it's oh, my okay. third but I love April fool's day for the fact that it's just so kind of unexpected and it pulls off a twist that shouldn't work. Like in any other situation, you know, if I got to the end of that movie, I would have been pissed and felt cheated, but it works so perfectly in a way that um, you're, you're happy for what happens. You're happy for the character. You're happy for, for Deborah Foreman's Muffy character that, you know, she's able to pull off what she's trying to do. Uh, The cast is likable and you walk away with a smile on your face so that that is definitely in my top 10 i'm not sure if it's my third uh but that's one that i really love and it's kind of a comfort film for me it's it's just one that i can revisit endlessly and you know it's not spoiled by the fact that there's a twist that kind of you know changes everything that came before it like it only makes it better and and i just think that makes it so unique for that reason
1: Right, that's totally true. Do you have any advice for people uh, out there who, like, want to start writing?
0: Oh, yeah, lots. Are you sure you want to hear it? It might take me a minute.
1: Yeah, if you (laughs) want to tell it, go ahead. Okay,
0: Okay, sure. So uh, I think that um, you have to have, you know, some probably natural ability for writing, Uh, you know, but as, as long as you have that, as long as you can string a sentence together, you... Have the foundation that you need to succeed. It's just a matter of, you know, pounding the pavement, probably digitally, Uh, you know, starting a blog, putting your thoughts out there, getting comfortable with film criticism and writing about movies. Uh, You have to be willing to learn, be willing to study, be willing to just watch films and take notes. Uh, and, and better understand what makes a movie good, what makes a movie bad, what you love about movies, what you hate about movies. You kind of have to, uh, you know, I mean, you don't have to go to film school. I didn't. But you kind of have to put yourself through film school uh, in terms of, you know, give yourself a crash course in just watching and studying cinema and getting better at analyzing it and understanding it and getting comfortable writing about it and finding your voice. Uh, and, and if you can do that, eventually, you're going to find someone uh, that's willing to take a chance on you. And you know, now I'm in a position to do that because I'm the managing editor at Wicked Horror. And uh, we're, we're not a massive site, but um, we have a decent following and we have a, a, a counterpart similar to Shudder called Wicked Horror TV. Uh, and we even have free horror movies available to stream on there um, with, you know, ad supported horror movies. Uh, but, uh, being in that position, I'm able to take a chance on people, you know, new writers, like almost everyone on my team came to me with little to no experience, but, you know, they were passionate about film and they wanted to write and they had some kind of natural ability. So, uh, you know, when you're, when you're ready to do that, you know, come seek me out. Um, Okay, so uh, anyone, you know, interested in writing to or writing for Wicked Horror, you can go to wickedhorror.com. And then there's, uh, there's a call to action on the site, uh, you know, that says writers wanted, uh, you know, and it provides my email address, and, um, you know, kind of what we're looking for uh you know which is which is certainly some experience it doesn't have to be for a major outlet but at least some self-published blogging experience so that i can kind of evaluate uh writing ability uh fiction writing is not really what i would consider suitable because i can't evaluate someone's ability uh to write about news or reviews or conduct an interview Uh, you know, from fiction work. But if you have any blog writing samples, uh, you know, pull some of your favorites and and send me a few of your clips. Uh, Information at wickedhorror.com on the the call to action for Writers Wanted. And you can find me on social media at Fun With Horror, F-U-N-W-I-T-H-H-O-R-R-O-R on Twitter and Instagram. And on Facebook, I'm facebook.com slash funwithhorror. So I like to keep it easy and consistent
1: that's a good idea i should have thought of that
0: (laughs) oh it's uh, yeah i think you can change your username on uh on instagram and also on twitter so you know if you come up with if you come up with something you like you might be able to uh uniformly streamline them
1: Well, that's good, and I appreciate you talking with me, and thank you so much. And I, I know this seems a little bit awkward, but my mind is a little bit awkward lately, so.
0: That's okay. But you may not necessarily look very hard for uh, you know, writers from a diverse perspective, but at Dread, I mean, we've got uh, a trans writer that regularly contributes. Sheree, one of our staff writers, is a black woman. I'm a gay man. Chad's a gay man. Uh, Ch- uh, Chad, one of the other staff writers like we only have one hetero white staff writer out of four staff writers. So, you know, and and I mean, we've got people from all different walks of life and that's what I'm trying to create at at wicked horror. And um, uh, it it just makes me, like I said, frustrated sometimes when you see the same like five, you know, straight white guys getting all the opportunities and um, there are all these other great people out there with a voice, with a perspective, with something to say. Um, So, so thank you for, you know understanding what i was trying to say and not oh
1: absolutely i didn't think anything of it i i know exactly what you meant i i feel like that too the world does that it picks up a few as a woman i also feel that you know the straight white men tend to get their way but definitely i think times are changing
0: though i think that gen z really gets it There are some things with Gen Z that I'm like, oh, God, Gen Z, come on. (laughs) But at the the same time, it's like they get that like not everyone is cut from the same cloth. Not everyone has to be like, you know, uh, a macho guy like it's okay to be who you are. It's okay to be what you are. It's, you know, whatever your gender might be like good for you uh, whatever your, you know, ethnic background, like good for you. Like we're we're all in this together and we're all, we all have different experiences. You know, if you have a different ethnic background, you've probably had more barriers than I have as a white guy. So it's like understanding that and accepting that and acknowledging that and trying to do something different going forward. I, I think Gen Z really has the right approach with that. Like, let's all come together and, you know, celebrate diversity rather than like shame and shun diversity. And, yeah. um, so, so I think that hopefully, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we'll look back and be like, wow, like, you know, the world is a diverse place and that's represented in our media and, uh, you know, we're, we're doing really good. We're making progress and, um, It's
1: definitely changed a lot, even like just like 15, 20 years ago, like the stuff that was on TV. Now there's so much more diversity.
0: That's a great point. We've made
1: huge, huge, huge,
0: uh, strides and major progress. And I think that, um, you know, if we can just keep that up, like, we'll eventually get to a place where, you know, anyone from any walk of life can turn on their TV or open a magazine and feel like, you know, they have some amount of representation in there. And and I think that's as it should be, because we're a diverse country. It's a, di- it's a diverse world. And, uh, you know, everyone should feel like they're at home, and not like they're the odd one out, you know, because they're right. a person of color, or because they're genderqueer, or because they're, uh, you know, LGBTQ or, um, you know, they're, they're because they're, you know, a religion, uh, that, uh, uh, supports modesty, like, you know, modest, uh, uh, dressing or something like that. Like everyone should feel like they're not, you know, the only one, because if, if, if you are, from you know any particular background, there's probably someone else like you. There's probably many someone else's like you.
1: Oh so, of course.
0: So, you know, elevating and, and raising those voices and uh, you know, providing representation, I think, uh, makes people feel included, makes them feel safe. And it probably helps with mental health and stuff like that. Oh um, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, they've made strides in mental health too. I remember like growing up they're just like suck it up, get over it. Yeah. You, know, you just ignored it.
0: Certainly. And we both grew up in oppressively religious households. Right. Um, you know, and we're, and we're both Gen X. I mean, I'm, I'm barely Gen X. You're Gen X by a couple years. I'm Gen X. Like, I'm the last year of Gen X. Uh, but I mean, it was definitely a different time. And, uh, you know, so, so I, I get it. I really do.
1: But it was really, really great to meet you. And I, I hope to have you on again. I oh, hope certainly. that you will come on again.
0: Certainly. It would be my, it would be my pleasure. I'll, uh, after we get off the phone, I'll follow you back on Instagram so I can keep up with you. And, um, uh, we will chat again soon, my friend.
1: Okay. Thank you so much, Tyler. You take care. Okay. Bye. 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 Well, I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Tyler. I certainly did. Um, next week we're going to have on another guest. Um, I'm, I'm going to just, I'll, I'm not going to tell you too much about her, but you will find out. It will be more fun that way. And you know how I do that sometimes. I don't like to give everything away because I'm, I'm one of the weirdos. We're one of the weirdos, Mister. But I hope you enjoyed today. And um, give me a shout out. Like you know, write to me. Let me know what you're thinking. If you want something specifically, like you want to talk, like you'd like to be on, or you'd like to hear talked about. Like I don't mind. I'll. I'll, I'm very open. My ears are open. I, I don't have like a set way that I, a controlling set way that I do things. So just let me know um, uh, what you think and how you're feeling, and I would love that. That would make me very happy. And I hope everyone does really, really well. And I also want to give a P.S. Eddie Pepitone, are you out there? I am giving you a little promo here. He, Eddie Pepitone is a comedian that I have talked about before briefly for a second. He has a podcast called Apocalypse Now, and I listen to it every week, and it makes me laugh. And I know it's not horror-related, but if you just, in this shitty world, if you just need to laugh your ass off about this world being a shitty world, then please listen to Eddie Pepitone's Apocalypse Now. I, you know, he's he's great. He really is. He makes me laugh, and I don't laugh very easily anymore since the pandemic. It's just not something I'm, I do as much. Uh, I'm not sure why, but yeah, I'm. I, I'm gonna. I would give a shout out to anyone who deserves that. I think deserves it. I also think the Boulay brothers. Well, actually, there's so many. The Boulay brothers have a fantastic, um, horror, queer horror, um a drag podcast and horror drag and then there's oh, there's so many there's so many I'll event- eventually I'll get to everybody but in all of you I also you know I don't mind giving you shout outs but at some point I would like you all to be on my show too and Eddie, you can be a comic relief cuz I you know I certainly always love that like the young frankenstein episode was pretty funny and I would love to have you for some comic relief so if you're if you're ever bored, which I, I highly doubt you are, or if you're ever for some reason don't have COVID, <laughs> yes, I listen. Um, just let me know. Well, we won't be in person anyway. We'll be across the country. But anyway, all right, everybody, take care and be well. And just write to me. Let me know what's going on. I I, I care and I'm here and I you know I'm I'm not I'm not an asshole. Just keep that in mind. I am not an asshole. Okay, I made myself laugh. All right, take care, guys. And go watch some really, really, really scary horror movies. Freak yourself right out. Just remember to stay as weird and as creeped out as possible.